Hey guys, just a reminder that the 2022 Small Town Monsters Kickstarter is happening right now. You can be a part of funding all four of our feature-length film productions that are coming out this year. You can get your name in the credits and all that stuff. You can also be a part of helping to fund all the amazing YouTube content we're putting out. The link is in the description. Hit the button, become a backer, be a part of Small Town Monsters. This is Monsteropolis. This is a show for you. <laughs> Welcome back to Monsteropolis. I am the producer, showrunner, and now co-host of Monsteropolis, Andy Matsky. And I am joined by normal host, regular host, not weird at all host, <laughs> Mark Matsky, <laughs> my father. Yeah. We are two different people. You. We look so much alike. Leave your comments about how you think we look alike now. Or not. Or don't. Be the first person to say but they don't look alike at all. If what you are you talking hey, about? Someone leave a comment down below and some with it says, if you think they look alike, like this. And then leave another comment that says, if you think they don't look alike, like that comment. Right. And we'll see who gets the most. And you'll win. You'll be rewarded um, handsomely. Much as you were rewarded handsomely by backing the Kickstarter. Yes. This is Kickstarter month. The Small Town Monsters 2022 Kickstarter is live right now. There's a link down in the description. Whether you are watching this on YouTube or if you are listening to this on your favorite podcatcher, there's a link in the description to our Kickstarter. And in that Kickstarter, you can back all of our 2022 projects that include... On the Trail of UFOs, Night Visitors, American Werewolves, Bloodlines, The Jersey Devil Curse, and On the Trail of Bigfoot, The Last Frontier. Um, you can back all of those projects and everything that goes on on this channel. If you are a fan of what we do, back the Kickstarter. It's the biggest way you can financially support what we do. Um, you can get great rewards like Blu-rays, like the ones I am holding up right now. Podcast listeners, I'm holding up two Blu-rays above my head. I enjoy the quality of Blu-rays. Um, I do too. <laughs> um, you can also get those from our store online afterwards, but true, you get them for cheaper, maybe. Well, kind of, but who cares? So, did you, if you did you know about the UFO Watchtower? Not before I watched on the trail of UFOs, night visitors. That's. Featured I, in, I did not on the know trail of UFOs about it. Yeah, I didn't Incredible. either. Incredible, crazy, yeah, wild. I wish I could fit it With all. That horse, I have to. I'm going to go on record and say I didn't know. The did you know the story. first cattle mutilation was a horse? <laughs> it's true. <laughs> true, and it's an on the trail of UFOs night visitors. Yes, Jer you insert see it. Jersey Devil uh, stories here. <laughs> yeah. um, if you are a fan of what we did with Mark of the Bell Witch and. The fact that it was, you know, half documentary, half your normal Small Town Monsters movie, and slash half and half um, backslash confused <laughs> I, question mark. I, I was going to say Renaissance Festival, but that's not exactly right. <laughs> not quite. Um, no. Civil War reenactment. There you go. Um, Much better. Of, but And half narrative film. Narrative film. There we go. Um, Then you will love what we are about to do with bloodlines, mm. the Jersey devil curse. Um, that was supposed to be thunder. 
Didn't really sound like it, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> oh, I thought it was the sound the Jersey Devil makes as he stalks about. It kind of sounded like um, I went and grabbed my glass and went to the fridge and got some ice. <laughs> <laughs> Sort of water. It's the same it's, sound. Yeah, it's the same sound, but you guys didn't know that. Um, if you are a fan of what we did with On the Trail of Bigfoot, The Journey, and Discovery, you will love even more Last Frontier because it's going to be prettier and even more evidence will be uncovered. And um, grislier. And take that however you want. And anchorage. <laughs> Um, so, um, we talked about Bigfoot books last time we did, and we got a flurry of positive responses from that Mm. last week. It's hard to look at all of them. So, um, this week I figured we'd open the show by spending a little bit of time talking about Bigfoot. (laughs) Bigfoot films, you don't say. Yeah. Well, it's one of my favorite genres, you see. Whether it's documentary, whether it's true, real movie. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying, guys. This hosting a podcast thing is hard. So um, I don't know what to talk about in the beginning of this week's show. Well, we could talk about... Bigfoot I feel like you and I quick. could spend 50 minutes talking about Bigfoot movies. Certainly. So I don't know if easy. Easy peasy. Um, well, we'll take a, let's take an angle on a Bigfoot movie that we don't normally do. Um, on the track of Bigfoot. Okay. Is that the one with Robert W. Morgan? Oh, it, In Search of Bigfoot. In Search of Bigfoot. Yes. In Search of Bigfoot. Frequently talked about on the show. Mm-hmm. Great Bigfoot documentary. Yeah. Robert W. Morgan stars... I think it was talked about a few episodes ago, but I want to say that I love that movie because you always hear this guy and Seth always talking about how they love it. I love it so much that I have a screen recording from YouTube of the little theme song (laughs) and it's under my favorite photos. And sometimes when I'm just having a bad day or even if I'm having a good day, I'll just go to my screen recordings or go to my favorites and I'll just put on this. We'll see if we get taken down for this. How do you catch a legend? Robert Morgan has come to the mountains to find out. Yeah, so you get the idea. Um, I love that movie. It's it's the sound of much, happiness and freedom, yep. right there. That I think that'll be squad exclusive content there. Yeah. So if you want to go check that out, join the channel. Um, so I love that movie. What I love about that movie is it's a very um straightforward look at the Bigfoot research game, at the phenomena, at the experience. That is going out and looking for Bigfoot. There's not much filter. It's there's not a whole lot of polish. It's it's a straightforward look, and that's sort of what I aspire to do in everything that I set out 
in all the Bigfoot documentaries that I direct. <laughs> but um, that's sort of that movie's always on my mind when I'm out filming. Not all the time. I'm not crazy. I promise. Ah, <laughs> uh, beautiful downtown Wadsworth. Yep, that's great. Um, but <laughs> I love that movie. I, if you haven't checked out that movie, that movie's on YouTube. It's also on Blu-ray in pristine quality. Brought to you by the lovely people who made the Blu-ray and um. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's extraordinary the the restoration or just the the scanning is done cut. really. Yeah, it's really beautiful. nice. Um, I like it. If if you like Bigfoot research, especially during that original era, like we talked about last week on the show, in search of Bigfoot is what you should spend your time watching. After you watch this episode of Monsteropolis, a show about legends, anomalies, monsters, stay right there on your radio dial. So are we talking about Bigfoot movies you love yeah. unconditionally? Yep. Well, mine is going to be The Creature from Black Lake. A be- classic. Yeah, it's classic. It's There are connections between that and The Legend of Boggy Creek that we don't have time to get into today and that truthfully I don't know enough about to really comment on, but they... in in terms of where they were filmed and I think people involved, there's crossover that I like, but you know, that's unabashedly a a narrative film, a real movie, a real, (laughs) uh, with the, with just really, um, I don't know it it, in much in the same way as we talked last week about books that capture a time period, that movie captures a time period of, um, like a, it's a buddy film slash Bigfoot slash horror in the woods movie. And you've got Jack Elam as the grizzled old swamp guy and Sheriff Jimmy Carter. And of course, Pahu and Reeves. And it's just so, it's so good. And I'm just talking about like sheer entertainment value that hits the sweet spot for me. Creature from Black Lake. What that movie and probably my favorite um, real Bigfoot movie, um, like narrative film, uh, The Legend of Boggy Creek 2 and The Legend Continues have in common are that they're both about going and investigating. Mm-hmm. And I guess that um, that Sasquatch film, do you know the one I'm talking about? The one called Sasquatch? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> have in com- that's, that's, they're all about like yeah. going out and looking. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really cool. I mean, and that's not to undermine Legend of Boggy Creek 1, which is probably my favorite, like that movie is one of my favorites. It's like, mm-hmm. it's, it's ingrained in my heart and brain on such a deep level at this point in my life. that I don't think I'll ever be able to get away from it, <laughs> yeah. but um, it's those, but legend of Bobby Creek two is about going and looking in Falk. Mm-hmm. And I love that mm-hmm. because I've had, I've, I'm blessed to say I've had the ability to go and look for Bigfoot and Falk. And that's really cool. Yeah. And, and the same thing with um, Creature from Black Lake. It's about going out and looking for this mystery creature. Mm-hmm. And that's exciting because that's what this is all about. It's all about going out and looking for this thing that may or may not exist in the people you meet along the way. Like that nice family who lets them stay and eat their food mm-hmm. in that movie. Yep. Creature from Black Lake. And he pahu messes up. Yep. And it, 
like it's what this is all about. Like when you go out in the woods and you get real spooked and you like accidentally stab your best friend. <laughs> Been there. Yeah. The kind, the sheriff who hated you all throughout, yeah. you know, does his duty as a public servant yeah. and make sure it's you just survive. About his job. Yeah. Good guy. Yeah. It's funny, you know, when you mentioned Legend of Boggy Creek, to me that when people talk about what's your favorite Bigfoot movie and it, it occupies the same territory for me, like Legend of Boggy Creek is like in this class of its own in the same way that when people talk about Godzilla movies, what's your favorite Godzilla movie? Well, there's the original mm-hmm. and that sits apart in its own place and it's always going to yeah. be number one. So then I guess you talk about what's, you know, let's whittle down the conversation about what's next after that. There are the movies that I enjoy and that I really like and that are my favorite, like Legend of Body Creek 2. And like, I can't really think of any others to like, well, like and favorite Godzilla movie. Like the one, whatever favorite is that sort of like is makes you, is the most enjoyable to you, that you just enjoy it. You love it for what it is. Regardless of it being... Great or bad, like one of my favorite film noirs is Detour. Mm-hmm. A far from perfect film, but I love it. Same with Nightmare Alley. Far from perfect film, yeah, but I love it for a lot of reasons. And then there are the films that have like shaped my life. And that's like Legend of Boggy Creek, like you're saying, like, mm-hmm. or the original guys. Like these are like. This is part of how I view the world mm-hmm. is this movie. Right. And or how at least I view art and film are these movies. Yeah. Now this might be a too too far gone on like the filmmaking <laughs> end of things for some mm-hmm. of our listeners, but that's that's sort of that's a distinction that I think should be said because I really didn't even think Legend of Body Creek. And that's why. Yeah. It's because to me, that's so much more than just a Bigfoot movie. Mm. Sorry. In search of Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Legend by Creek 2. Sorry. Yeah. It's like, that's, I mean, that's just, it's so, and it's so special to me, like personally, like both the fact that we've been there and that we've had experiences in meeting and talking to Pam Pierce, mm-hmm. you know, Charles Pierce's daughter, like we know her. Yeah. She knows us. Mm-hmm. So that's like another layer to all that, that it's like I've heard stories about the behind the scenes of this movie from someone who was either there, like with Legend Body Creek 2, and I can't remember, was she there for the first one? Yeah. yeah, and our, As and a the child, yeah. I mean, she was the, running away in that, mm-hmm. one of those scenes, yeah. Like, it's just, or has pretty much a story about anything else in the movie that she heard from her dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that, and without, you know, saying too many details and sharing all the stories that those are people like Pam Pierce are people who like support what we do and support what mm-hmm. I do. And that's really cool. So that's why that's not on the list, but it's on a list of its own. Yes. Understood. The legend of Boggy Creek list. <laughs> yeah. I'd coming this fall. If you were to throw any one other movie into that ring. Of like that foundational yes, movie? Yes. I'll ha- I have one in mind, and that makes sense, I'm sure, for you. Star Wars. It's just, yeah. it's an imaginative world to me. And I'm, 
I'm of that generation that refers, it's just Star Wars. Yeah. Episode four, A New Hope, yeah. yada, yada, yada. It's just Star Wars, 1977, um, thrust me into a whole imaginative world. So that that's like three very formative things. Peter Jackson's um, Lord of the Rings trilogy for me. Yes. I mean, I wasn't of the age to see those in theaters. But when I think about um, films and my love and appreciation for them and how they were made and storytelling and the music and cinematography and special effects, especially, it's those movies mm-hmm. that, that that were there from way early on. And yeah, that's that's what comes to mind, especially with you talking about Star Wars and like exploring a world that filmmaking can make. Mm-hmm. It's those. It's yeah. definitely those. And it's not that Star Wars wasn't for me, but I think that was just another step. Right. More. It would just, you know, a lot to, depends on when in your life you see them. Yeah. And for me, it was five years old, front row. Darth Vader comes through the door. I'm like, that's the guy right He's there. He's cool. <laughs> so, squad members just got a big treat because I think a lot of that's going to be in squad. Cool. Squad. Squad up, y'all. Squad up. This episode of Monsteropolis. This episode is about Bigfoot in the great state of Idaho. And when you brought this up, it really caught my attention. Because, you know, we were throwing out ideas for what these episodes could be. Yeah. Because Idaho is right near one of our favorite states, Washington. And, like, it goes... I don't think you can quite see it at home, but it goes Washington, Oregon, and Idaho. You know, it's those two are on the coast and then to their east is Idaho. And so in proximity to what we associate as probably being the squatchiest places on earth. (laughs) Um, It's too bad you can't do a reverb on that. Oh, I will later. You will you? (laughs) Okay, good. You guys are going to hate me. You're going to be glad I'm it deserves, back over there next week. It deserves week. that. Um, that and like Vancouver Island, which we were so close to Vancouver yeah. Island. I didn't realize when we, we were up there. We could have gotten in a canoe and Essentially, up there. it's like, I I don't know. I was looking That's at what, it the other day. It's so it torturous like, about the border yeah. closing stuff. We like, we saw it. We saw yeah, Vancouver we Island. From we did. From Port Angeles. I saw it from the plane. You lucky son of a... Oh, yeah, Jumping I think, around. I think you like, and I would have been fine up there. Or I would have got sick, too. Yeah. I don't know. I would... It was... I mean, you... You were fine, which you is know, hilarious. You know that side of me, I suppose, that there was nothing that was going to deter <laughs> me from seeing the Olympic Peninsula from the air. If it had... If I had to face, like, my worst fear, I was going to see See, that doesn't things. seem that bad. Now, listen, I wasn't in that tiny little airplane. Oh, it was all over the place. It was jumping. Yeah. But see, I think I would have faith in the pilot. He was, he was cool. If he He wasn't cool, I think I would have freaked out. But I think knowing if he was in control, if he was in control and he's fine with this, that I could find it in myself to be fine with it. Yeah. Wimps, Seth, Aaron. (laughs) He was doing his, uh, you know, he like, Call it talking to the tower or whoever was down there. No one and was then, down there. And then once I was over, it was just for show. He was just talking to no one. <laughs> Check one, two, three, four. Flicker one, nine. 
Yeah, winds out of the northwest. Here we go. Oh my. Oh, oh, just kidding. Should have gassed up. Oh well. Yeah, but I mean, once, all, once that part was done, you know, he was just talking to us about the history of the area and stuff. It was fun. It was cool. Anyways, I, Idaho is to the east. Yeah, and by the way, I mean the thing that just occurred to me now as you were talking is that 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 western Idaho border is literally the border of Washington and Oregon together. And that stops on like a straight line. It's it's interesting. We are used to in the in the heart of the Midwest of these river oriented state these borders. Winding rivers. Yeah. And out there like, it's just a nice Nice yep. straight line across. Who wants to go from uh, the the confluence of Nevada, Utah, Arizona, that that border, and we'll just run in a straight line all the way to Missouri? <laughs> Anyone down? I, I Or we could go the other way. It doesn't really matter. For mm. me, it would actually make more sense to go the other way. Let's just start running. <laughs> so are there Bigfoot in Idaho? Well, so it would seem. So it would seem. If the reporting of our hunting brethren is to be believed, then there are at least occasional hotspots in Idaho where Bigfoot can be sighted and experienced. I completely forgot. I actually have two stories from You Idaho. have two? Yeah. All right. We're good. We're gold. So do you want to go first? Um, yeah. Okay. So... I have a story um, here from Idaho in the year 1902. Excellent. See, I really went, I went back in my, um, I can't remember what this is from. I think it's from, uh, must be from Peter Burns' book. But I don't know, because it's not from Apes Among Us. So here's what it goes. Earlier in the next year, 1902, unusual sighting of a club-wielding Bigfoot was made in rural Idaho. Its behavior, as described in the following newspaper report, was unusual too. Now, I'm going to be completely honest with you, Father, and you, the listener. <laughs> I don't think I ever actually read this report. Oh. I think I just saw Idaho, and in my research, my mad frenzy, I just went... So, hey, let's, let's enjoy wielding, this together. You have my full attention. The residents of a little town of Chesterfield, located in an isolated portion of Bannock County, Idaho, are greatly excited over the appearance in that vicinity of an eight-foot, hair-covered human monster. He was first seen in he was first seen on January fourteenth when he appeared among a party of young people who were skating on the river near John Gooch's ranch. The creature showed fight and flourishing the creature showed yep i'm reading it right guys it showed fight and flourishing a large club and uttered a series of yells hmm. started to attack the skaters who managed to reach their wagons and get away in safety measurements of the track showed the creature's feet to be 22 inches long and seven inches broad with the imprint of only four toes Stockman report having seen his tracks along the range west 
of the ringer. The people of the neighborhood, feeling unsafe while the creature is at large, have sent 20 men on its track to effect its capture. Yep, that's the story from mm. 1902. Um, that's again in Chesterfield in yeah. Bannock County. That is the eastern part of the state. I just looked it up. Thank you. And in fact, it's not, as the bird flies, it's not that far from Yellowstone. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. See, um, I was reading Green's writings on uh, the state of Ohio, Idaho. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) The state of Idaho. And he talks about how, like, you'd think it would be the western part of the state, but, like, that's where the desert is, Mm -hmm. if I remember right. And I think northern... You get into like mountains, but right. like, yeah, that part there mm-hmm. is desert. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and that's striking to me as a remembrance of eastern Washington, the Yakima area and so forth. And east to where we were is just the polar opposite of a temperate rainforest. And I could see how that would then just push eastward as well. But it's those mountains in the northern part and that connects in that relatively small part um, going west to east, then you have Montana next and in close proximity to like Glacier National Park, for example. Yeah. Um, I think that's also where he's talking about that these are areas that don't get a lot of rainfall, which sort of breaks his sort of, I think, like theory. It's mm-hmm. like the whole 10 inches of rain or whatever. Oh, yeah. Um, but hey, what are you going to, what are you going to do? But that's, I think that's interesting because that Bigfoot has a club. Yeah, and I believe it was just on um, an episode. No, yeah, it was an episode of Lore You Know um, that's not out yet. My bad. I get confused, guys. Okay. <coughs> the episode of Lore You Know with Beans Baxter that mm-hmm. may come out this week. Okay. I don't understand. There's going to be an episode, or there has been an episode with Beans. Yes. Larry Beans Baxter. And he talks about how um, there, when all that Port Chatham stuff was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a report of a Bigfoot with a club or like with a stick. Mm-hmm. And I, th- and that was like all the details given. And he was talking about how, you know, if he could go back, it's like, was he just, was Bigfoot just carrying a stick mm-hmm. for like, or was it like a tool that right. appeared to be made? And I guess the yeah. same question could be asked of this. Is this mm-hmm. a club that is just some big log that Bigfoot Picked up one day on his strolls through the forest. He brandished. Himself, did he brandish it? That's the perfect size for a club. <laughs> or is this something that Bigfoot went out and made with possibly stone tools? Oh my! We'll never know. Yeah. Regardless, it, I think he brandished it. Did he brandish plum. it? Yes. Yeah. He um started hitting people with it, and they ran off in their wagons. Yeah. <laughs> Hitch the horse, Get Nelly. In the <laughs> Get in the wagon. Get off the ice. Run. <laughs> 1902? Yep. Wow. 1902. Imagine. Yeah. Being I mean, in Idaho in 1902. Thinking, you know, it's been a long winter. Let's go ice skating on yeah. the river. Up here in county. And um, Chesterfield. Oh, yeah. Here in Chesterfield. You know, it's been a long, long winter. <laughs> Glad we worked that hard this summer, though. Well, our ice skating this sure is fun. Is that a giant eight-foot-tall hairy ape with a club? 
get the carriage ready. We got, we got a fight on our hands, you know? It would really makes you think about what we take for granted these days. Doesn't it, though? Like being able to ice skate without fear of attack <laughs> by a large-footed, eight-foot-tall, hairy man thing. Who vocalized. Yeah, he was screaming. Mm-hmm. Maybe he just wanted to ice skate, and he didn't know how to communicate Aww. his feelings well. And you the, ever thought about that? The club was going to be like his skates or something. Yeah. He's like, can you make this out of it? And then he slipped on the ice and whacked someone over that. Oh, See, it also and then cried out in pain. Oh, I'll never be able to ice skate. Oh. Um, do you do you wonder? Do you wonder if um he actually hit anyone? Because it talks about how he was like wielding it around. But do you think he actually that Bigfoot ever made contact with some Idaho? Ida, wait, how do you say someone from, I, I, I don't want to say Idahoan, <laughs> but, um, some, I, I, think, I, the, I think that's what some, it is though. Do you think he made contact with some Idahoan? Doesn't it seem like that would be in, in, that would be in the report. Like old, so. old Timmy top tip got <laughs> his head, got, got his, his noggin bashed in, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. So that was my Idaho story. I liked it. Tell me yours. Or, well, my first one. I have. We can see which one we want to Okay. Get. My other ones. But. Well, um, as was the case in the previous episode, we're going from very old reports to fairly new. And so this one comes from August 2018. It's reported in the day Sasquatch became real for me. And it was relayed to the author by someone who was a wilderness guide. And most recently, August 2018, in remote Idaho mountains, guiding big game hunts via horse and mule. It was about 10 days before elk and deer season began, working with two other guides, packing camps, um, arguably the most remote area in the lower 48 is where Whoa. he was. That's the claim, yeah. The northeast edge of the Frank Church River of No Return Wilderness. That's something that I would like to Google at some point. The Frank Church River of No Return Wilderness. So, um, the, at first, this uh, the one person reporting the sighting uh, sees something moving behind a tree to hide. He began eliminating animals that he knew were not down in front of them uh, in the area where he was making this observation. His first thought was that it was a bear. Um, it would have had to have been climbing the tree because of how high up this dark figure was on the tree. And as the seconds passed, he writes, I became quite interested. I stood up. I expected to see something continue walking past that tree. Animals don't hide. Interesting thing for the guide to say. The animal, animals don't hide? Well, evidently, if they see you, they'll run. But I, I think he's saying they don't, like, hide in plain sight behind a tree, typically. Yeah. I guess. But Don't the, go with this guy. <laughs> no, no, there's no mountain lions around here. They don't hide. We'd see them coming. So this is this He's got is why, his club. Yeah, here's where it actually links to your story. He took a step toward the dark thing he saw, 
From behind us came a sound neither of us had ever heard. It could not have been more than 20 or 30 yards away. It was completely unnatural. It wasn't a whoop, scream, or whatever else noises people talk about. I've researched it all. It feels dumb to try and explain what the sound was that we heard. It was like a wood instrument mixed with a different language. It was within feet of us, but we couldn't see above the steep slope behind us. Neither of us had a weapon, not that it matters. As curious as I am about the topic, I had no inclination to stick around and see what was in store for us. So what you're saying is that the club was not a club, but some kind of Sasquatch intimidation flute. <laughs> yeah, if you can envision those wood train whistles that you can get. Yeah, yeah. but that's what it but was. But it was he huge. It. Yeah, he, and he can hit people with it. It just go, and he screams when he does it. So he's like, Ooh. that would be terrifying. Actually. Yeah, it's like <laughs> intimidation flutes. I'd be intimidated. By Idaho that. Bigfoot, Idaho oh. Bigfoot intimidation flutes. The truths unlocked. <laughs> Skinwalker colon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. So yeah, I just. In in all my years, I've never come across that sort of description of a sound like a wood instrument a wood mixed instrument. with a language. She felt strongly that they were trying to communicate. So like some kind of they says didgeridoo. Yeah. It's so it would seem. <laughs> Turn around slowly. Get out of my way. <laughs> um, so, and he, and he says it was not exactly a threatening noise, but it did make them want That's to leave the area. Weird. I've never heard that. Before. No, me either. That really grabbed my I've attention. I've only heard it described as being like brass. Mm-hmm. So there again, you have the situation of a wilderness guide out in uh, what is purportedly one of the most wilderness areas in the lower 48 and seeing a creature attempting to not be seen, but then also either it or one of its partners makes a sound that is quite uncommon. I like that. I like that story a lot. Oh, oh, that's the, that's the map I talked about last week and never, never showed, but that's, I love this. I love it very, very, I've very come much. into and, possession of a map. And there's there's much more like that in this book. Like, I mean, there's oh, yes. another map, but then there's also, I'm trying to find like a drawing or something. It's not working, guys. It looking's just not working right now. But um, my story, are, are we ready for another yeah. one? Any yeah. more intimidation flute reflections? Nope. No. Reflections on the Sasquatch intimidation flute. A short pamphlet by Andy Matsky <laughs> coming fall 2027. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, it's going to get delayed, guys. Yeah, I, be, I hate to break it to you careful. guys. Um, reflections on years of researching Sasquatch Intimidation Flute takes time. Uh, I have to start my research into the Sasquatch Intimidation Flute before I can reflect on it. So I'm giving myself um, a dozen years. <laughs> so actually, look for it. Springtime, 
2034. In a peer-reviewed journal. Yep. <laughs> or in the Akron Beacon Journal. <laughs> um, okay, so, <laughs> Idaho. Idaho. Uh, this comes from John Green. Um, and he, John Green wrote, on June 27th, 1968, the Grangeville, Idaho County Free Press published a very interesting story written by Paul Keep. Keep, right? Keep. That's how I would Keep. pronounce that, sure. Here is part of what he had to say. French Creek, June 24th. A search and photography posse. Which is the name of my new band? Search and photography posse. <laughs> Anyways. That's good. Yeah. Look for that sometime summer 2072. Um, What genre would that be? Its own thing. Um, A search and photography posse is being organized here this week to scout the back country 20 miles east of Riggins for further evidence of the two large hairy humanoid creatures who cut short the fishing excursion of a council Idaho logger at Streamside on French Creek about 2 p.m. Sunday, June 16th. In all likelihood, a representative of the Idaho Fish and Game Party will accompany the search party. These developments have come about as a consequence of the vivid report of Frank Bond, 35, hooker for the Rice Logging Company of Council, whose fishing trip up French Creek, quote-unquote, got shook up real bad when an obviously female creature about seven feet tall and a companion creature at least a foot taller confronted Bond at a distance of not over 50 feet. Bond, according to a telephone conversation, or as I like to call him, conversations, (laughs) I had with him last night, had just finished up, had just finished drinking at spring, had just finished drinking at a spring about three miles upstream from the mouth of French Creek, and as and was turning back to fish when the, the creatures rose up from behind a huge rock at streamside Yee. i had a pretty big string of fish said bond but what i did next was throw those fish at the creatures turn around and started running for all i was worth down the trail in no time at all it seems i had covered the half mile to the car where my fishing partner was waiting for me i'm afraid i screamed at him let's get the hell out of here Bond's description of the creature resembles in many particulars the photographs and descriptions of Sasquatches, hair-covered humanoids sometimes seen in California, Canada, and elsewhere in the Northwest, except with respect to their hair color. Hmm. The reported Sasquatches thus far all have had black hair, whereas the all-over hair cover of the human-like giant seen by the council logger was silver gray. They were beautiful, says Bond. I remember them that way even though I had only a short glimpse of them before I started running away. No one should harm them. Try to shoot them or anything like that, he continued. They made no move as if to harm me. I was simply startled and frightened. To the extent permitted by the circumstances, Bond's story is verified by Mike Burns of Riggins, who was sitting in his car with... When the running Frank Bond, his companion, arrived, I thought he was going to run right through the car, says Burns. 
And then um, it goes on to say, and I don't know if I made notes about it. I meant to. Oh yeah, I did. Um, they, the the photography posse went out, and um, they didn't find anything because they didn't go to the right spot. Oh. And then later, a trapper and the owner of the ranch that um went out, and they went to the right spot, and they went um bush by bush and looked through all the bushes and they found hair. Really? And the hair wasn't like man and it wasn't quite animal. And it sort of was the old, well, we don't have any Bigfoot hair to prove, mm-hmm. like to put it by. So um, that's had characteristics of human and animal hair. And in, in the book, it sort of details that, that part of it looked like a, a man's wood and part of it looked like that of a beast. Hmm. So... What it quite may be still remains its unknown. <laughs> that's a quote from the, yeah. the story. That's an, from 1968. That's how it wraps up. <laughs> yeah. Remaineth unknown. If, yeah. Um, yes. Um, so that's my st- story from 1968, which mm-hmm. I think is interesting because that same time is like, that's, that's the very beginnings of what we think of as the Bigfoot phenomenon in mm-hmm. the Northwest and down to Northern California. Right. And by then, there is a basis for comparison, like within what you read itself, mm-hmm. saying why it bears a resemblance to these yeah. Sasquatch creatures, except in color. I like the reaction of the person. He thinks they're pretty. Yeah. <laughs> they're beautiful creatures. Yeah. Very good. Well, oh, and by the way, that's the location of that French Creek. I looked it up, and it's western part of the state, kind of um, right near... The uh, the border of Washington and Oregon in that same corner section. It's cool, cool area. So what should we do? I think we should call it there. Okay, maybe Idaho hey, Bigfoot. If you like this and you stuck around this long, let us know down in the comments below. And you like hearing us t- chat about Bigfoot once again? Maybe we'll do it a little bit more. I have an extremely good Idaho Bigfoot story that I'm. It pains mm-hmm. me that we're not able to get to, but... Idaho Bigfoot Part 2. Something to hang on to mm-hmm. for for the future. We also did a little bit of research for um, what we like to call Bayou Bigfoot that mm-hmm. we didn't even get to even touch upon. So, reflections on Bigfoot's intimidation food. No, <laughs> big, and, uh, reflections on Bigfoot in Idaho and Montana. We'll sort of... Bring it all back to the episodes we've recorded the big today. picture. Yep. Because it goes Washington, Oregon, Idaho, Montana. Well, at the risk of being redundant, my reflection would be that we're talking about extremely unpopulated areas for the most part. And so we're relying on eyewitness testimony of people who typically spend a lot of time in these places recreationally. Either they live out there uh, off by themselves or they're hunters, uh, they're wilderness guides, fishermen, etc. So they have a pretty good command of what to expect out in the woods so that when they see something anomalous, it's it's worth noting. They know how to describe uh, most of what they see. So when something's out of place, um, you know, you, you it, Chances are they're not misidentifying something. So I find that pretty compelling. And I think that it's the, it is the hunters, the guides, the fishermen, 
trappers, et cetera, that you're going to find the majority of the cases are coming from them. Which is the thing that I like about that, I guess, what's enjoyable to me about that is that it's not unlike the 1902 and the late 1800s mm -hmm. reports. It's the same sort of industrious yeah. sort of person, uh, enterprising, adventuring soul that would be out there in the first place. The same yeah. type of people. Yeah, they really... Were all the stories we talked about from like outdoorsmen? Essentially, yeah. yeah. Except the trucker. Yeah, except the trucker. <laughs> so, yeah, that's really interesting. So, it brings up the whole idea that, you know, next time you, the listener, um, find yourself with a free day, not quite sure what to do. And you think, you know, maybe I should head out there. Go. Get out from behind your computer or wherever you're listening to this. Stop listening to us. Go out and or bring us with you on your MP3 player. Um, go out and investigate for yourself. You never know what you could find. You could find Bigfoot or you could find an intimidation flute out there in the woods. Or a big bull elk. Or a bull, yeah, a bull elk. You never know. You know, one thing all Bigfoot witnesses have in common is that they were outside. Mm. Or at least looking outside. At least looking outside. Indeed. So keep looking outside. Um, back the Kickstarter. Um, like, comment, share, review, five stars, or give us your honest feedback. Like, like it, comment, subscribe, follow us on Spotify. You can do that with podcasts. Don't know what it does, but do it. Um. Send us mail, monstropolismail, gmail.com. Um, follow us on Instagram at STM underscore broadcasting underscore network. Find us on Facebook at STMBN. I think our face, our Twitter is still Monstropolis. Yeah. Oh, it, yeah. Monstropolis STM. Go the S at the end is the S of the STM. Easy. Yeah. It's just Monstropolis TM. There it is. Um... Go out there. You never know what you could find. Except it's January. It's kind of cold. But go next time. That'd be the time to go. Yeah. They were not expecting anybody. <laughs> Keep circulating the tapes. <laughs>